Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. I'm Ross Hillier, your host. Today, we've got a solo show. They do these every Thursday, and we usually tackle some topics or maybe answer some questions that I've gotten during the week or uh, questions I get frequently from clients or other people that follow on Instagram or other platforms. And that's really what we're going to do today is answer a question that's a little bit more about my personal stuff as far as training and health goes uh, that I've actually gotten several times in the last few weeks specifically. So it's interesting that this has come up this frequently. But uh, the question is kind of a cool one. And it's what would be the most important or uh, like the, the two most impactful things, whether it be in nutrition, training, health, anything in that realm, the, the one or two most impactful things on your training and health that I've come across. And so I got a couple and it's, I've got two and really it's one and two A and two B cause they really go hand in hand. So I'll get those, uh, we'll go over those here in a little bit, but that's why I wanted to, to talk about this on this episode today. And so, uh, before we get into that, I want to remind everybody that now that we are, uh, working with Ride On Optics is an official partner of the show. This episode is presented by Ride On. And if you guys have not done so yet, go to rideonoptics.com. There's seriously so much stuff to check out there. They make some of the best optics, uh, rifle scopes, red dots. They got a sweet pair of binoculars. Um, some of the best stuff in the game. And if you listen to the episode with the CEO and founder Brady Speth that came out uh, a few days ago, he made the point that, you know, for the price, there's nobody better. Uh, and that's the truth. I've got a one primal, a four through 16 by 44 rifle scope coming in that should be here in the next couple of days, actually, uh, that I'm going to put on my hunting rifle for this year. So I'm really excited to be able to test that out and give you guys some report back on my experience with it. 
And uh, I'm really just looking forward to testing out stuff. And uh, But more than just the optics, they have an amazing educational resource on their website, right on university. Uh, if you're interested in the firearms world, they have, or, or, you know, you're learning about what the, the parts of a rifle scope are, how to mount it to your rifle. But it goes really big into a lot of these other educational things as far as uh, the firearms world. If you're interested in any of that, go to their website and check out Right On University. They also have a great blog. They've got the Right On podcast that Brady is the host of. Uh, we talked a little bit about that on Monday's show, bringing on some great guests. And uh, they just have a huge platform that's going to continue to grow. So Right on Optics, R-I-T-O-N optics.com or Right on Optics on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. They're pretty easy to find. So go check them out and uh, and they're you're really just going to enjoy what's going on over there. So the next piece before we get going is if you have not joined the Nomad Tribe membership, I would highly, highly suggest you do so. We are doing some really cool things inside of the membership group that we launched a few weeks back. Uh, I'm using it as really a hub for more content that I don't post in other places. I'm doing weekly videos, weekly long form articles. It's essentially uh, an open form, like a social media platform, but it's our own. And so we interact on there like you would in a Facebook group, for example, where we're connecting with people from all over the country and uh, that are part of the platform with us growing, talking about training and life. And uh, we're just starting uh, our next round of Nomad Book Club. We've got a couple of week-long challenges, some things that are going to come up here shortly in the next month or so that I'm going to uh, unveil to the crew next week. So we've just got a ton of stuff going on in there. And if you want to be a part of that and connect with more people that are doing the same things that we're doing and have the same values that we're that you have, uh, go check it out, tribe.nomad-strength.com. It's only 15 bucks a month, and I promise I'm way over-delivering on the value of this thing. Uh, I just wanted it to be somewhere that we can all connect and and grow together. So go check it out, tribe.nomad-strength.com. And then that's going to be it for the two things I needed to cover before we get into this. So to recap, the question was, what are or what is, <clears throat> excuse me, what is the the single, and I took this as two things, I did more than just one single thing. <clears throat> what thing has had the biggest impact on my health training since I began? And I, for for frame of reference, if you haven't listened to the show for very long, I began training myself. Uh, I was around 13. And so I'm 29 now. So 16 years now. So a couple years more than half of my life I've been training. And I've been coaching for almost eight years now as a full-time job. I was helping out coaching and doing some other things for a few years before that while I was still in college. And so uh, I've really just done this for most of my life. And uh, there have been two things that I can say confidently completely changed the game for the way that I approach training for myself and then by extension, how I approach coaching others and the way that I program and the way that I just view health and strength in general. And so the first one of those, if you follow me for any amount of time, this prob- none, neither of these will probably surprise anybody at all if you've listened to this show before. But the first one uh, is on the exercise front and I'm going with a specific modality piece of equipment is the kettlebell. 
And again, this probably isn't surprising to anybody that's listened to the show, but the kettlebell was one of the first things that I remember just being like, what in the world type of moments? Like, why haven't I been doing this this whole time? And I was very fortunate to learn from somebody who was one of in the early days of RKC, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, back when Pavel was still a part of RKC and Dragon Door, uh, learned from Pavel. And it was some masterful instruction. He still teaches and still helps me with a ton of stuff. And he's in his late 60s and it moves better and is stronger than most people that I interact with, which there's some pretty strong people and some pretty good pe- good moving people in the people that I interact with. And he is probably still in the top few percent of those. And uh, it was just one of those things when uh, I'm learning these movements and learning how the way that the weight is distributed in these kettlebells and the way that it forces you to move your body and stack weight across joints up and down and where you're able to hold weights above your head that you never were able to before just because of leverage and angles. And it just made so much sense to me that it was, I felt silly that I hadn't thought of it any more than like this lightweight conditioning tool that kind of most people traditionally think that's like the only thing you can do with them. Right? It's lightweights and we do swings or we do something that resembles a swing, even though it's not really a swing. And uh, I just, when I, when I get into something, I tend to get a little obsessive about it. And so in this scenario, when, I, when my pendulum swings one way, I swing it all the way to the end. And so when I really got into this, I, <clears throat> I basically didn't do any other form of training other than kettlebells for several months. And that might've been a little extreme, but I really just wanted to completely absorb and dive into as deep of this as I can so I could understand it because I just felt such a connection to it for some reason. And it was really the first uh, like dive into true like minimalistic training concepts was this idea that you didn't need all these bells and whistles and all of the massive facilities to be strong and have a crazy level of fitness. You could literally be fitter than 99% of the people alive by having just a single moderately heavy kettlebell. You know, for men, if like all you had was like a 40 pound kettlebell, you'd be stupid strong and have crazy fitness. And it's just a matter of understanding the tool and knowing how to use it. So once that became part of my, my staples of training methods that really just changed the game for how I program for clients, how I train myself, uh, the ways that I like to experiment with different things. And that's also opened the door to a lot of really great relationships within the kettlebell world that I'm super thankful for. And I continue to learn from all the time. Uh, Guys like Joe DiStefano, I've had on the podcast, guys like Greg Walsh, who I've had on the podcast, um, tons more. But it's, it's really kind of its own special thing. And when you get into that world and you really appreciate the history of the kettlebell and known that it's, you know, it's hundreds of years old, it's not something that was invented in CrossFit 15 years ago. It's been around longer than just about any piece of exercise equipment that exists as, in a, as a form of modern exercise equipment, not just like some rock in a field somewhere, right? And so... That was the first that completely changed 
everything about how I train and how I program and how I coach. And the second to take a more holistic approach to this, and this again probably will not surprise anybody, and I do this as 2A and 2B because they are very intertwined together. And that is the idea of breath and cold exposure. And the very first time I was ever exposed to this, I've told this story before, uh, I was driving in my car 4.15 in the morning on my way to the gym that I was working at at the time to train a client at 5 a.m. And I was listening to Tim Ferriss' show and some crazy old Dutch guy by the name of Wim Hof was making his really kind of first mainstream appearance on this episode. And I would encourage you to go back and find that episode because I think he's probably been on one or two more times since then on Ferris's show. I know he's been on Rogan. He's been everywhere now. But that episode with Ferris was really like the first mainstream exposure to Wim Hof that most people got. And uh, I remember just being like completely enamored by the things that this old guy, this old Dutch guy, sounds like a loon, was saying. And telling, telling Tim that you could do things like these, this specific breath hold can, you know, basically prevent you from getting sick and that he could teach anybody this. It's not some elite performer thing. He could like teach anybody this. And then he's doing these three and four minute breath holds and he's able to just sit and breathe through his nose while submerged in a tank of ice for 40 minutes while giving a lecture on stage. Or the fact that he's hiking Mount Kilimanjaro to the summit in nothing but a pair of shorts and hiking boots. And he doesn't suffer from uh, frostbite or any of the altitude sickness or any of the things that happen when you're climbing a mountain, you know? And I, it just seemed like too much voodoo at first, which I'm sure a lot of people that got exposed to that early on thought, you know, this is just some crazy hippie stuff. And, you know, it really took me about 40 minutes after I trained that client that morning to finish listening to that episode. And then I immediately went over to a quiet corner of the gym and began going through his breathwork practice. And if you've never done it before, I'm not going to like go through the whole thing right now. I've actually done another podcast on that titled All About Breath. And I just remember it's one of those things where when I, when I felt the, the training with the kettlebells, it was, a, it was an internal feeling like, why haven't I been doing this? When I did the breathwork stuff, my thought was kind of like, why haven't I been doing this? But more so, why don't more people know about this? Uh, the the sensations that I was feeling and the the way that I felt afterwards, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. Uh, and I will always remember that first time of doing that breathwork practice and then uh, doing a breath hold and barely getting 35, 40 seconds. And then after uh, a few weeks of being really diligent with it, I'm doing an exhale breath hold of three and a half minutes. And just thinking, okay, this is this is it. Like this is the game changer stuff. If we're talking about how to truly be healthy, how to have a massively robust immune system, like this is game changer. Like this is, if there ever was like a cheat code, it seems like this is it. And when you couple that with the cold exposure and the ice tanks, and I also have done an entire podcast on cold exposure, uh, you know, the, the way, the best ways to start with cold shower, the 30 day cold shower challenge and, uh, and all this stuff, it just made too much sense for me to, to really make sense of why more people don't know about it. 
And so I, that was the other thing that I, it just became so intertwined with how I train and how I coach and the way that I program it. It wasn't about just, oh, I have this thing that I like to do every once in a while. Like everything basically starts from this breath and cold exposure and understanding from an ancestral health standpoint, like why those two things are so important. And, uh, when you really dive into it, it's some deep rabbit holes, man. And it's fun rabbit holes. But I, again, another example of when I just completely dove into something pretty obsessively for a while. And I had a blast with it. But the thing is, it's, it's just so much a part of the way that I train when I pro and when I program and I coach, you know, for the men's coaching group that I have, uh, we're called the savage nomads as they like to be called. And I do monthly programming for them and we have coaching calls and we, we, you know, it's an even more exclusive subset of what goes on in the nomad tribe. And it's just a men's group in there, but I program for them and we start every, we start and end every training session with a breath practice, one to ramp us up, one to cool us down. Uh, there's things that we incorporate during some workouts with breath, breath holds or nasal breathing. And then I often encourage them to you know, do some form of cold exposure, whether it be in an ice tank and the freezer setup like I've got, or, uh, you know, Rubbermaid tub filled with water and ice, and, or just a cold shower even. I mean, it's just so become in, weaved in the fabric of what I do in Nomad Strength that, you know, I couldn't leave it off this list. I mean, those, those three things, if you knew nothing else about me and all you did was like search my Instagram, you'd probably be like, okay, this dude likes kettlebells, breath work and cold tubs. And you'd be pretty much <laughs> like, you'd be right. 95% of everything that I do. Uh, and honestly, I believe that if that was the only three things that I needed to be healthy, I would be happier than a clam. And I'd be, I'd be totally satisfied with what I'd be able to accomplish with my fitness and my health and the balance between those two things. Uh, and I just, that, that they've just made such a profound effect on me. I had to include those in this list. I couldn't just pick one single thing. It's really those three things, uh, between the kettlebells, the breath and the cold that have just completely shaped my training outlook. And so I thought this was a really good opportunity to kind of give you guys a little bit of history lessons on how I became the nomad strength programming mind that I am and how I train and how I coach and, and the things that really influence that. And there's been a lot of people that have influenced that, you know, more so than maybe any of these individual things. Uh, but maybe that'll be a different episode. Maybe people that have influenced me would be another good episode to do. Uh, but in terms of non-people, <laughs> like I, either items or methodologies or uh, modalities, these were the ones that had the biggest impact on me. So I wanted to share that with you guys today. I appreciate the question. Uh, please go check out nomad-strength.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Be the first to know what's going on with things. Uh, be the first to know when new things are dropping and there's just going to be a lot of cool stuff happening. And so I'm really excited about it. Again, go check out right on optics, R I T O N optics.com, all the awesome stuff they get there. I can't wait to give you guys some reviews and, and tell you guys some of the stuff that we're going to start doing together. Um, and yeah, 
that's going to be it for today. Appreciate you all listening. Uh, oh, I guess I should do this. Go leave a review, five stars, do the rating, follow, subscribe, all that stuff I usually say at the beginning of an episode. Go ahead and go do that if you've made it this far into the episode. It really does help the show. And uh, the show's growing, and that's all because you guys keep sharing it and listening and doing your thing. So I appreciate you all. Have a great weekend, and I'll catch you guys on Monday. Mm-hmm.